Let us enter the Kano's Club. Today we're going to talk about two topics on the veil of Christ and the seventh day Christocentric creation. Firstly, with the veil of Christ, let's 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 really dive into what this really means, the veil of Christ. When we're talking about the veil of Christ, we're talking about the flesh of Christ. So when the most holy place's veil was torn, scripturally, the most holy place's veil was torn uh, after Christ died, uh, that represented a way to the presence of God, has been opened forever. Forever. The way to the presence of God has been opened forever because Christ has forever been crucified and, and is done with. He's not going to be crucified again. The veil has been permanently opened. Coincidentally, Christ's flesh was torn and pierced at his side. Now, this is very interesting because Christ has called himself and referred to himself as the temple. Okay, he said that destroy this temple and I'll raise it up in three days. Scripture says he was referring to himself. And Paul says that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. So when we came into Christ, we came into the most holy place permanently. Now, it's really important because when you come into Christ, when you are converted, when you see the Holy Spirit, when you have your conversion experience, what does it mean when you come into Christ? You are literally being inserted into the most holy place permanently. You are permanently exposed to the glory of God because that is where the glory of God was, is, is in the most holy place. You are not in the outer court. You're not outside the temple. You're now inside the temple. You're inside Christ. You're in his flesh through, through the pierced side of him on the cross. Now, scripturally, uh, Christ, Christ's flesh was torn. You'll see this in Matthew 27, 50 through 51. And uh, another scripture that you can look at is John 2, 19 through 21. And 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to get the uh, scriptural basis for how we are temples of the Holy Spirit. So going further, Paul says that we are with unveiled faces beholding the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 3, 18. We are permanently exposed to the glory of God. You are constantly beholding the glory of God because if you are in Christ, in Christ is the ark, the temple, and the most holy place where the glory resides, then you are likewise in the temple, in the ark of the covenant, the most holy place, which is Christ. Moses took off the veil. Remember this, when Moses took off the veil, he took off the veil whenever he went into the tent of meeting. Now, the tent of meeting was was what the temple was before it was a temple. First, it was a temple tent of meeting. Then it was the tabernacle. And then it was the temple. And now that temple is us. The temple is Christ, and we are now our living temples. First, it was the tent of meeting. Moses went in, and he beheld the glory of God and talked to God face to face. Then it was the tabernacle. Then it was the temple. And now it is us. We are living temples. That is what God originally planned for his meeting place to be God with us, God in us. We are the temple of God. So when Moses took off his veil, 
he took off his veil when he and whenever he entered into the most holy place and he put his veil back on when he when he came out so that the the passing glory would not be seen so scripture says that we are with unveiled faces beholding the glory of god so that means we are constantly being exposed to the glory of god there's no veil covering our faces okay so we are constantly beholding the glory of god and I have this access to talk to God face to face and to, and to behold the glory of God like Moses did. That is our reality. That is your present reality. You may not feel it. You may not see it. Uh, you may not experience it, but that is reality. Faith comes before the experience. You have to believe it before it, it manifests. Scriptural basis is Exodus 34, 34. Conversely, as we are in Christ, so likewise Christ is in us. That means that the temple, the most holy place, God, heaven, the kingdom, uh, etc. And the angels are in the, the, the heaven in the most holy place. All that exists within us. That is a reality. Scripture says that we are beholding the glory of God as if in a mirror. Emphasis is on as if in a mirror. So when you look in a mirror, you see the reflection of yourself. And this is groundbreaking. So when we are beholding the glory of God in the temple, we are looking at a mirror image of the reality within us. So, so when, when we are beholding that which is without the glory, the temple, God, and the throne, that is the reality that exists within us. Because we're beholding the glory of God with unveiled faces as if in a mirror. That reality that we have in heaven is the same reality that that lives within us it exists within us we are walking embodiments of the temple in the ark in the presence of god we embody this also passing this this great glory this great energy within us untapped energy that can create worlds okay another thing is that uh uh, Christ said that to 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 uh, uh, to somebody in the Bible that um, he said that heaven shall be open. I think it was Nathaniel or somebody. Heaven shall be open, and you shall see the, the the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Now, I believe it was Jacob. Jacob Jacob had an experience in which he, he dreamed that he had his head on a rock. And then he dreamed in which there was a ladder extending from earth to heaven. And it was angels of God ascending and descending upon the ladder. He said, this is the very house of God. God was here and I didn't even know it. The very portal of heaven. So Christ was saying that he is Jacob's ladder. He is the portal to heaven, the gateway to heaven, the door. He's the access way to heaven. No, no man can come to the Father except through him. So that access way, that door to heaven, that gateway exists within us because if Christ is in us then we have Jacob's ladder within us we have that access way that door, that portal living within us so that's how you access heaven heaven exists within us Eden exists within us additionally we are born from above okay we're born from the free woman above which is New Jerusalem and New Jerusalem already exists and New Jerusalem will one day come down from heaven 
and be placed on the new heavens and the new earth. But we already were born, so we're citizens of a a coming uh, country, a coming city, a coming continent, a, a coming uh, infrastructure. We are citizens and 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 be beings of a coming a reality that has not yet been revealed to the present world. So you can also say that, almost say that we are time travelers. You can almost say we are time travelers. So, um, so when you are in Christ, you become one flesh with Christ. So we are being transformed from glory to glory as we receive favor upon favor and grace upon grace and blessings upon blessings. When we become one with Christ, we become one spirit with this one. We become one with the spirit of God. Thus, we become one flesh with Christ as a man and a woman become one flesh. The emphasis here is on marital union. On the cross, we bled together. We became one. There's no separating us. We're one, we're Siamese, Siamese twins with Christ. Where Christ is, so are we. If Christ is in heaven, then we are there. And where we are, Christ is. Everywhere we go, Christ goes with us. So think about it, Christ is God. God is omnipresent. So that means Christ is omnipresent. Christ is everywhere. That means in Christ, we are everywhere as well with Christ because Christ is God and God is the Yod and the Yod is in every point of the universe in every point of space you see so we can access every point of space through Christ this is this secret time travel that exists within the the technology of the new creation man okay uh, the torn flesh of Christ ushered us into the presence of God and united us back to the Heavenly Father as co-heirs and children of God. If we're co-heirs with Christ, then we receive and have everything Christ has, and all authority and powers has been given to Christ. All dominion and power, we're co-heirs of a coming reality, and even presently right now, because we've been given the blessings of Abraham. Because we're a part of that seed, the seed is Christ, we're in Christ, we're a part of that seed. So we have all the blessings of Abraham, and we're blessed along with Abraham. Therefore, we're inheritors of all things. All things are ours. All things. As a result of the sacrificial death of Jesus by faith, we have entered into the seventh day of creation. You aren't meant to stay a six-day creation human, a true human. A complete and finished human operates out of the seventh day of creation rest, where all is finished and all the promises of God are yes and amen. So this is where we're going to get into the seventh day Christocentric creation. Okay? And this is real deep. Let us listen. Listen carefully. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So the regeneration conversion experience is seen in the beginning chapters of Genesis. God said, let there be light. Remember that? Paul compared the creation account to our conversion experience. See it in 2 Corinthians 4.6. The beginning chapters of Genesis tell, tell of the regeneration experience. The light God spoke of is Christ rising in our hearts. 
Christ regenerates the microcosmic universe of our bodies that is formless and void as enemies of God before we were recreated and converted and given a new heart. We had the formless and void, we were enemies of God. So the events leading up to our conversion are orchestrated by the Holy Spirit, stirring our hearts as the Holy Spirit, just as the Holy Spirit brooded over the waters in Genesis. Remember how the Holy Spirit brooded over the waters in Genesis? That's how the Holy Spirit brooded or stirred our hearts to bring us into Christ. To start the creation of our new creation bodies. God formed us in our mother's womb, right? And it was a dark place. A womb, the mother's womb is dark. God formed us in our mother's womb just as he formed the earth in deep darkness, except upon conversion, as I was mentioning, we are formed from above by the free woman, which is the heavenly Jerusalem. Okay? We're citizens of a present and coming present and coming reality, a present and coming city, a present and coming world. That is something that no man can ever perceive of. There would be streets of gold, pearls and jewels, pillows, see-through. Okay? We're present citizens of that reality right here, right now. We are of royalty. So only when we are united with Christ and become one flesh with Christ do we become truly human again. Because man is created into the world, they're created, they came into the world, we come into this world unconverted in a fallen state. We're not fully human. Human in the sense that way God created us originally in the garden. Adam, he was created to never die. Adam had innate powers and abilities that were just human. It wasn't angelic, it wasn't uh, superhuman, it was just what he was created in the image and likeness of God and the image and likeness of God is Christ, so we were created according to the pattern of Christ, so we saw what Christ can do, when Christ has done Christ can walk on water, Christ can ascend into heaven, uh, Christ can levitate Christ can re replicate food Christ can cause money to appear in um, fish's mouth Christ can heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, anything and everything. Because Christ has dominion over all the universe. We have that as well. So the scripture says, as Jesus Christ is, so are we in this world. Okay? So a person that is not a new creation man is not fully human. It's not fully human. That's not the way God intended for humans to be. Humans today are actually subhuman. We need, uh, some people need prosthetics, some people need medications to exist and to survive. Some people, uh, you need uh, heating, you need, you can't live without uh, uh, water for uh, a day or two. You can't live without eating. You, can't leave if you have certain temperature if you put in the desert or in a cold land you'll die that that's not how god created mankind we had the technology all these technologies that are coming out today that we're using to exist that all existed within a framework of our the biology of of a man the, the technology of the human body by nature the technology of the human body is what people would call supernatural 
but according to where God created us, it's just naturally human. So God is trying, was trying to make us and bring us back to become human again, which is superhuman according to this present time. So, so only when we are united with Christ, become one flesh with Christ, do we become truly human again. God made man on the sixth day, but the sixth day represents falling short and incompleteness. First the natural, remember, then the spiritual. The natural is Adam, the natural man. The spiritual is Christ, the second Adam, the last man, the last Adam. So when you enter into the seventh day of creation, become the full stature of Christ, which makes you a true human the way God intended for you to be. You can see this in Ephesians 4.13. The seventh day man is a perfected man because of the works of Christ on the cross. The seventh day of creation represents the new creation man. Now, I hope that you enjoyed this video. I hope, it has, hope that has enriched you greatly. Please like, comment, subscribe. And I'll see you in the next video.